0: You are listening to the What's After Church podcast, providing support for those leaving church and sharing connection, resources, and strategy with those reimagining faith for the good of all creation. I'm Jason, and thanks for joining me today. Kind of how do you navigate that journey um, after leaving church? And what, what I saw in my own journey is this, and I've, I've heard this from a lot of different people is, that coming to a place where you decide you're going to leave church, there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress that comes up to making this decision. And it's the feeling of, gosh, if I can just get away from the church, then everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be much better. And I remember when I left the church, people would come up to me maybe two or three, four weeks afterwards and they'd say, how are you doing? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. Like I have my weekends back. I love this, this is great. And you know what? I don't have to put up with any of the drama of the church. Life is great. And that seems to be as this constant theme that there's this immediate release of pressure, but then all of a sudden, similar to um, maybe the honeymoon phase of a relationship, is that real life begins to set in and we begin to realize where we're at in the journey. And then I find myself maybe three, four five months down the road going, Oh, this is not so good anymore. You know what, I'm struggling with a lot of doubt. I'm feeling a lot of pain. I thought this would have been easier. You know, I thought people would have actually reached out to me and checked on me, but no one has contacted me. And you know what, I'm kind of angry. And I kind of, even though I left for the right reasons, I miss the rhythms of church. Church actually gave me something to do. It gave me a a community to be involved in. And now I, I don't even have that rhythm. And I also, there's just these symbols and things that provided comfort in my journey. And I miss whatever it might be, the stained glass or the music or communion or all these different experiences. And we sit there and we're kind of in this place where all of these doubts and these fears begin to stir. And i talk to more and more people and they're like, yeah, I left church and it was great. And then all of a sudden it was really, really hard. And one of the things that we find is that after leaving church, we often enter this place in the spiritual journey that for this talk, we're just gonna call it the wilderness. And, And in the wilderness is a place where Basically the terrain of our life has shifted and what was familiar is no longer familiar. And we try to make sense of things, but we're not able to make sense of things. And what is crazy is sometimes the the spiritual practices that we used to engage in that gave us lots of comfort and peace, they're no longer providing comfort and peace. And we began to struggle with, you know, where am I at? I can't make sense. What is going on? And this wilderness is just kind of this unknown place. And sometimes it, it it's easier to talk about what comes up in the wilderness, through some of the questions that arise with inside of us. And some of those questions you may uh, be familiar with if you've been in this kind of season, I'm going to share my screen out here so that you can see some of these. But one is that comes up is what's my purpose, you know, when I was a part of religion or I was part of going to church or to mass or synagogue or to the mosque, I felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself. You know, I felt like we were up to something good. And now that I'm no longer a part of that community, then what am I to be about? I used to have a place where I could serve and use my talents and my gifts. And now I no longer have that. So what is my purpose? Another thing that comes up is what if I'm wrong? You know, a lot of churches, what they've told us is that they know the right way. And if I believe and act the way they say, then I'm okay. And if I don't, then I might be gonna shipwreck my life. And so what if I'm crazy to question the Bible or the church or, or what I believe? Because maybe, you know, if I was on the right track, wouldn't it feel easier than what it feels like right now? And I see a lot of people asking that, what if I'm wrong? Or the question is, who am I? You know, going to an organization, going to a, a church or to a building, you're a part of a larger community and that gives you a sense of identity. And so when someone leaves the church, there's this loss of identity. Who is, who's my group? Who are my people? In fact, I've talked to a lot of people who said, you know what, I don't even know if I'm supposed to call myself a Christian anymore. Because I see what some Christians are doing and I sure don't want to be like that and I don't approve. And so now I don't even know what to call myself. Do I call myself a believer? And so there's this struggle around identity and who I am. Other questions around what happened to my friends? What happened to my family? This is such a hard one. When you think, gosh, I think people would reach out to me and check on me and they don't or what a lot of people have found is now my family some of them have cut me off because i no longer attend the family church or i no longer believe the family way and how can it be so hard these relationships that are connected to a faith community or to a spiritual community another one i hear a lot is how can christians be so unloving when someone leaves a church and they find out that church staff have told others that you know i'm not really sure they were ever really a christian you know what you might want to be careful around them because i think they've lost their way and we were going to think gosh how could someone so easily destroy my reputation so easily attack who i am as a person another question that comes up a lot is this what do i do with my sense of longing for the familiar or a sense of the sacred you know that sometimes with you know just the habit of going to church or to mass it just ingrains in us this nostalgia and this comfort around spiritual images and different things and we no longer have those then it's a where do i find this sense of the sacred in my life in other words what do i do with all my hurt and my pain now what's crazy about this wilderness time is that it's not usually just one of these questions that you struggle with. If you've been in the wilderness, it's usually multiple of them. And sometimes it's all of them because you're starting to wonder, well, gosh, where are my friends and my family? And, and am I? Why do I believe? And why am I struggling? And why am I doubting? And, and where do I serve and use my gifts and what is my purpose? And this wilderness just has this stirring of all of these different questions that begin to arise. Now. One of the things that we know is that every single person's journey is 100% unique to them. There are no dittos among souls. Your soul is 100% unique unto you. But even though we're all 100% unique, there are things that we share in common in the journey. Um, There are places that we end up in the journey that others have ended up and have tried to describe and, and bring life to. And I want to, I want to spend a few minutes and and look at what some other religions and spiritualities and mystics, how they've tried to define this. And now this may feel just a little bit heady, but try to hang with me because there's, there's something really, I want you to see in all of this. And when we talk about the spiritual journey, there's people have put together these ideas of spiritual journey maps or phases to the journey. So one of them you might be familiar with if maybe you've studied any of mythology or if you're interested in story and uh, maybe you've encountered the work of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, which is a great journey map that kind of encompasses every story that's probably ever been told. And there's multiple phases uh, in the, the hero's journey, but three of the major ones are this, is first there's this call to adventure, the departure from normal life. There's a inciting event. And that moves the hero into the wilderness, which is the next phase, the initiation phase, where they begin to confront their fears, confronting trials, different stories that might be dragons or different things. But ultimately, it's inner fear that they struggle with. And then when they emerge from the wilderness, they return and the hero comes back to the community with new stories of life and of gifts for other people. And so in the hero's journey, we see the middle phase is this wilderness in indigenous spirituality. And some of native spiritualities we will see a rhythm of day, night and sunrise. And the night phase is when life becomes dark, when it's harder to travel, when it's easy to get tripped up, when it's easy to lose our way. And the wilderness is this night phase. Or in some indigenous spiritualities, we'll see the rhythms connected to nature of summer, fall, winter, and spring. And the wilderness fall is in the fall and the winter when things begin to grow cold and dormant and it's hard to see growth. In Christian spirituality, we'll often talk about the phases of life, death, and resurrection. And the wilderness is the death phase where things Feel like they're completely falling apart and coming to an end. But then we realize that death brings a way for new life and for new growth for the resurrection. Some of the mystical writers would talk about the ideas of order, disorder, and reorder. And the wilderness is this phase of disorder that brings chaos into our life. And it feels uncertain and it's hard to navigate, but chaos opens the way for creativity and new expansion. One of the things I'm hearing a lot uh, more often as I listen to people's stories, or I read stories online is just this idea of people saying my deconstruction phase, or I'm in the middle of deconstruction. And what they're referring to is the idea of construction, deconstruction, and reconstruction. And it's this place where what we believe begins to be taken apart, and the idols in our life are toppled And what's crazy is, is that really no matter what journey maps we look at, all of them in some way or another include this idea of a place where we come in the journey and we begin to get lost and things don't make sense. And things are, it feels like, you know, the foundation of our life is beginning to crumble. And you wonder, okay, Jason, why why are you sharing all of this with us? All right, well, here's what I want you to see. When I enter the wilderness, here's what I think. I think I'm alone. I think I'm alone. And the next thing I think is I'm crazy. Because I look around me and I see all these people who are going to church and they're going to mass and they have their happy face on and their clothes. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I feel like I'm disintegrating from the inside out and you all look like you have it together. And so I must be alone in this thing and I must be crazy. And you know what? It's probably not going to get better. I feel stuck. And those are the three things that I tell myself. But if we step back and we listen to those who have gone before us, all of these mystics and the spiritual people who have gone before us, who've tried to think deeply about the journey, who've tried to articulate it and bring it to life, what every single one of them tells us is this is common to our humanity. This is common to who we are. There's something that goes on in this wilderness place that doesn't happen in any other place in our life. And what they tell us is this, you are not alone. When you were in the wilderness, you are not alone. You are definitely not crazy. This is a normal phase of spiritual growth and of development, and it does get better. You are not alone you are not crazy and it does get better that's why i think it's important to look at these journey models and to see what they have for us and those are the three things that i want us to hold on to is as we continue this talk about what the wilderness looks like is knowing that if you're in the wilderness or you know someone who's in the wilderness it's key to understand that you're not alone you are not crazy and it absolutely does get better now What happens when you're in the wilderness? Well, number one, the first thing that happens is it's completely disorienting. It's this place where I've already talked about, we long to make sense of it. We want to control it. We struggle to find clarity, but in the midst of it, things are not working like they used to be working in our life. Often we find that we are feeling feelings of anger or of confusion or of weariness or just sadness because nothing seems to quite be making sense anymore and not only is the wilderness disorienting the other thing that you will see that's pretty common is this idea of being disillusioned with self or with others or possibly with god or the divine or maybe all three of them It's a place where a lot of people say gosh i thought i knew god but now i don't even understand i thought god would have shown up by now i thought god would have provided for me i thought god would have comforted me i thought god would have done and you can fill in the blank but there's this disillusionment with who god is or it's also a place of disillusionment with others you know i thought they would have reached out i thought they would have cared about me or I thought that when I confronted them, they would have changed. I thought they would have been there. Or a lot of times what it comes back to is just this idea of disillusionment with self. Or we'll begin to say, you know what? I thought I would have had life figured out by now. I'm so far down the road, I thought I would be more mature or I thought I could understand or I could control or make it all work out. And it's not working out. Or maybe I was just crazy for going to church or was all that time spent there a waste. And there's this disillusionment that begins to happen. And so there's a lot of things that go on in this wilderness that are very disorienting, they're very upsetting. And what happens is I think, for me, especially I am 100% committed to my comfort. I am absolutely committed to my comfort and I don't want to be in the wilderness. And so there are some temptations that we have to be aware of that when we're in the wilderness, the number one temptation is this, is we begin to write a victim's story, we begin to say things like, why is life against me? Why can't I get a break? Why me? Now, I don't want to make light of this because a lot of people coming out of church are experiencing significant amounts of pain and that pain needs process and time for healing, but we have to be very careful. The narrative that we are creating, because when we focus on the victim's story, we begin to create a narrative that is very disempowering. And it's a narrative that is very destructive. And yes, there are hard things that happen in the wilderness, but that does not mean that the universe is against us or out to get us. And so we want to be aware of the temptation to write a victim story. The next thing we want to be aware of is the desire to escape. I immediately want to seek relief anytime I find myself in the wilderness. I want out. It doesn't. Care, I don't care how it happens. Just get me out. And so one of the temptations is, and that instead of looking at myself and focusing on myself and what's going on inside of me, I begin to focus outward. I'll focus on my business, or I will focus on other people. You know, maybe I'll focus on family, partner, children, brother, sister, mom, dad, neighbors, coworkers. It doesn't matter. I'll get caught up in their drama because if I'm in their drama, I don't have to think about my drama and I can escape. And if that doesn't work, and one of the things that you know I've, I've seen just talking to others is the idea of just getting really busy. If I can just fill my day up with things to do and be really, really busy, if I'm externally busy, then I never have the time to actually slow down and to hear what's going on in my own heart and what's going on in my own spirit. So I'm tempted to try to escape. And then when I can't escape, I'm just tempted to distract myself. And so this is kind of the idea of just numbing. I'm just gonna to try to numb myself so I don't have to think about the struggle that's going on. And so for me, I just want to turn to food and just eat whatever feels good. And for some, it may be shopping or or whatever it might be your numbing choice, you know, or social media, just sit there and just scroll, 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 or entertainment. I mean, I can't tell you how many times have I binge watched a show and, and you know, got through two or three seasons in a day and a half just because I wanted to distract myself. And so when we're in this wilderness place, there's these temptations to write this victim story, to want to escape and to want to distract ourselves. Now, bear with me for a minute here, because this is hard, but it's true. I want desperately to get out of the wilderness, but the only way out of the wilderness is to go through the wilderness. We don't get to just skip it and say, you know what? I'm gonna take a pass this time. I don't wanna have to deal with doubt. I don't wanna have to deal with pain or struggle, but the only way to go through or get out is to go through. Now, often we look at the wilderness as this place to be avoided, but there are actually gifts for us. There are treasures for us in the wilderness if we want to embrace it and be open to what it might have for us. See, the wilderness is this place where it begins to strip us of our false self, of our false beliefs, it begins to change how we view God and the divine, the infinite, the presence, and it begins to uncover treasures that are inside our soul that we never knew were there but this wilderness begins to unearth them because the phases of the dark night or of death, they bring forth new life. They create space for expansion and for growth. And it sounds very counterintuitive to say that the wilderness is a place of transformation. It's a place where the divine can do uh, what really can only happen in the wilderness, doesn't happen in any other place even though it's horrifically uncomfortable in a place that we would rather not find ourselves in. So the challenge is, is to begin to to see the wilderness differently instead of when we see it happening in our life as something that we want to run away from, but as something that we want to sit with. Because see is what the journey maps tell us is that all of these phases are cycles that we will not just go through the wilderness one time, we end up going through the wilderness multiple times. And it sometimes it's very small and sometimes it's huge. And usually the one after church is one of those big ones. Um, But we're gonna go through this phase multiple times as it continues to bring forth the treasures that are within our soul and to begin to look at this wilderness as this is a place where I can actually grow, to come to the place where we can actually say, you know what, this feels like death. This feels like darkness. This feels like night. But even in this is the presence of the divine. Even in this is goodness and love. So if you find yourself in this wilderness place, or you maybe know someone who's in the wilderness place, we could probably spend just days and days and many sessions on different ideas of navigating it. But I want to give you four. I want to give you four that. Um, seem to be pretty common in the journey of navigating this wilderness place. Very first one is this. The wilderness is exhausting. When you're in the wilderness, there is physical weariness, spiritual and emotional, psychological exhaustion, and be very, very kind to yourself extend bucket loads of grace to who you are i find so many people who say you know i should be further down the road i should be able to handle this i should be more mature i shouldn't be so tired and that is very counterproductive you've got to stop shooting on yourself you've got to give yourself grace You've got to give yourself lots of love in this place and learn to love yourself. Well, what do you need physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally in this place, and then to lean into that. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do is rest, or to take a nap, or to take care of the physical body. So it's again, this place where when we're in the wilderness, We need to be very aware of what our life and our body and our spirit needs and to be kind to ourselves the next one is is that it's very easy to become enclosed on ourselves to become negative to write that victim story but that victim story is very disempowering and it's embracing this idea of gratitude gratitude is a powerful value emotion characteristic practice that helps us to hold on to hope. Now, when we're in the wilderness, gratitude can be hard to hold on to. And a lot of times, it's just simple, small sightings. Where do you see little glimpses of love, or of life, and to name it and to call it out. The next place in the journey that um, a practice that helps in the journey is this practicing empowered listening. So one of the temptations like I've already mentioned is to say why me, That's a very disempowered question to present to the divine or to the universe or to yourself. But to practice empowered listening is a way that we begin to try to understand and we begin to discern what is going on inside of our life and what our life's needs. And this would be asking and sitting with questions like this. What do I need in my life right now? What is the divine seeking to unfold as my life? what is stirring inside of me what do i need to give attention to now this is this is a hard one but if my current circumstances didn't change if what i'm going through doesn't change what needs to emerge inside of me to experience peace do i need more strength more love more patience more compassion more resilience what is it what needs to emerge inside of me to find peace in this place or another hard one. What do I need to let go of to be free, to be my authentic self? See, as we begin to practice empowered listening, as we begin to pose these kinds of questions to the divine that is within us, then these things begin to bubble up. We begin to experience the divine in this place. Now fourth one, Affirming your true self and a better story. It's so easy when we're in the wilderness to again, write the victim story of why me, and we begin to forget what is the truth and the reality of who we are, that you did not come into existence out of some kind of brokenness or out of some kind of original sin. You came into existence out of the very goodness of the divine. Out of original blessing, that 100% of the divine is in you as your life. And the divine is to be expressed. And it is expressed when you express your life as who you are. When you begin to lean in to your soul and to your spirit and you share the gifts that God has placed inside of you, this is when God's heaven comes to earth for others to experience and for others to share. And this is what is so easy for us to forget. And every single day I have to get up and I have to remind myself that the divine is not only all around me, but the divine is in me, the divine is as me, the divine is working through me for the good of all creation and for others. Now imagine with me for a moment, if you got up every single day and you began to fill your thoughts with those kinds of ideas. That the spirit, the presence of the infinite wants to express itself through your life as you. That every single opportunity of your day is an opportunity to see the divine. It's an opportunity to experience the divine. It is an opportunity to share the divine and love with those that you come into interaction with. See, this is what begins to change the wilderness into the next season of growth. This is what brings about change in our own life and change in those around us when we begin to live out of our true identity, when we begin to live out of our true self and we live out of a better story. Now, let's recap really quick. Where have we been? The spirit, the infinite, the divine, the presence, God, whatever name you want to use, trusted you so much that it has placed one hundred percent inside of you, of its goodness, its grace, its love, its wisdom, its creativity, its compassion, its light, its life, all of this inside of your life, waiting to be expressed as your authentic self. And often in this life, we forget these things and it gets clouded over by many different things and we enter into the phase of the wilderness where life feels disillusioning, it feels disorienting. We feel like everything is disintegrating from the inside out and we've lost our foundation. And we are tempted to write a victim story, to escape, to distract ourselves. And yet there are gifts inside of this wilderness that we find no other place because it slows us down. It forces us to listen to the spirit inside of us. We begin to hear with ears that are not our physical ears and see with eyes that are not our physical eyes to an unseen realm, to what God and the divine and the infinite is trying to bring forth inside of us. And the challenge is to be kind to yourself, to embrace gratitude and call out life and love wherever you see it, to practice empowered listening, to set And to meditate and see what is stirring inside of your life what is seeking to come forth and to affirm your true identity and write a better story that god is trying to bring forth these gifts inside of you for the good of those around you and for the good of all creation thank you for listening to the what's after church podcast i'd love to hear from you at whatsafterchurch.com if you have not subscribed Please do so to stay up to date on new resources and connection opportunities. Until next time, may you experience more of what gives you life. And may you see the light in all people and reveal the light in you. Peace and love.